Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, would like to turn with me. Acts 2, I'm going to read lengthily this morning, and so um, maybe I'll read lengthily and preach shortly. Acts 2, verse number 1, down through verse 4, I'm going to skip verse 5, reading 6, and then continuing on through Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 6, Now when it was, this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice. And he said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids will I pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Verse 37 now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Can you thank the Lord with me this morning that He's still calling people everywhere? Come on, let's rejoice in the Lord today. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for the plan of salvation. Thank you for the wonderful promise that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, that you're still calling men and women everywhere. In the name of the Lord, and we thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning on the subject, a continuation of Pentecost. Continuation of Pentecost. You may be seated today. Um, we've had a lot of announcements regarding next week. But I want to begin today, if I may, by setting uh, a few things in place uh, and talk to you a little bit about the significance of of next Sunday, because next Sunday is a very, very important day for Christian Life Church. Not only is it an important day for Christian Life Church, but it is an important day for 
the Pentecostal movement. And I, I'm going to talk, I want to talk to you a little bit about it as, and, and, and then I'm going to preach. But next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating 50 years as a church. Now, no, we may not be falling on the exact day. We're close, but not falling on the exact day. But we're celebrating 50 years of apostolic ministry here in the city of Frankfurt. And that's a great legacy. And, uh, of course, we have two very, very gifted preachers that are going to be with us, men uh, that I respect and, and feel that both of them are going to just do a marvelous job. Brother Scott Graham, if you haven't heard him preach, you're going to be in for a treat on Friday night. My goodness gracious. He is a preacher of preachers. And then, of course, Brother Dan Mitchell, one of uh, the greatest pastors that I know. And uh, I feel that it's just appropriate for him to be here. He has spoken into my wife and I's life many times and is a mentor and someone whom we look up to. I will not be preaching next Sunday. Um, celebrating 50 years is an important thing, and, and, and some may even understand where, where I'm coming from. I do feel it is important that we bring in a fresh voice to be able to speak to us and people that have been down the road a little longer than I have. I have been accused before uh, of uh, bringing in preachers that are a lot younger than me to make me look more uh, refined. So I'll bring in two elders. One of them's four years older than me, <laughs> and one of them about about fifteen years older than me. Uh, but not only are we going to be celebrating fifty years as a church, but next Sunday happens to fall on a day that is known as Pentecost Sunday. And that is significance, and I'm going to talk to you about why that is significant. Uh, Pentecost is far more than a denomination. I want to clarify that. As a matter of fact, Pentecost was never intended. It, it is not a denomination and was never intended to be a denomination. So when people say, well, I'm Pentecostal, they make it sound very denominational. But the truth of the matter is, is when we speak and say we are Pentecostal, it means that we believe and have experienced the Pentecostal experience. And uh, the word Pentecost in of itself is a Greek word and are you ready for this? It signifies the 50th part, 50 days, or in our situation next week as we celebrate 50 years on Pentecost Sunday, we are celebrating, we are celebrating Pentecost in a really outstanding way. Because it happens to be that our 50th anniversary falls on the day of Pentecost, which even means the 50th day after the Passover. Now, among the Jews, it was applied to one of their three great feast days, which began the 50th day after the Passover. And it was also a harvest festival, which 
called for the Feast of Harvest. Thus, we are going to be very biblical next week. We began the beginning of the year with a 40-day fast. And next Sunday, we're going to do the apostolic thing, and that is we are going to feast. As a matter of fact, while I'm all for fasting, I have to tell you, the Bible talks more about feasting than it does fasting. Woo! So Pentecost was a harvest festival, and it actually was, was known as the Feast of, of, of Harvest, and it was for this reason that two loaves uh, were made of new meal and were offered on this occasion as a first fruits. Now, there were a lot of festivals that took place at the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, they had a reason to celebrate. God had delivered his people out of the bondage of Egypt. And the Passover, as they came over and they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years of of wilderness wandering, and God always supplied their need. Now, I'm preaching this message today because I want you to draw the correlation because I don't want it just to be that next Friday night we celebrate 50 years and next Sunday morning we celebrate groundbreaking. But I want you to know, I want to give you the, the, the information that I feel that is important for us as a congregation because I want you to get this in your spirit all week long. And I want you to think about the significance of what next week really is for this church. 50 years. What a testimony. And we celebrate on the day that we celebrate Pentecost. So here we are, an apostolic Pentecostal church, celebrating 50 years on the day of Pentecost. And we are breaking ground to continue what God has already started. And so in our planning processes, as we purchased the property where we're moving to, and as these things came together, uh, what is so significant is that when we, we brought in Omega Church consultants in the very beginning, many of you were here and remember them coming in even met with us. And part of the plan and part of what they brought to us is they continually would tell me, you must plan. We know the coming of the Lord is near. But we're going to plan like he's never coming. But our plan, we need to plan for the next 50 years. So next Sunday, we celebrate 50 years of existence on the day of Pentecost. And we break ground on a plan for the next 50 years. Which means we have a plan to continue what God has already started. Thus my little subject this morning on the continuation of Pentecost. Because over the last 50 years there would literally be hundreds and hundreds of people that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I I would not, Brother Price, there you are, I was looking for you on my right. I I would have no clue. We would only be guessing to, to, to wonder how many hundred people that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost 
over the last 50 years of this church's existence. And then from this church, the different ministries that have gone out, that have, that have reached through missions giving and through missionaries and through evangelists and uh, all of those that have gone out that have multiplied themselves and then churches from there being planted. I think of Brother Dick Price coming out of this church. Now his two sons who were pastoring and then other ministers and ministries that were birthed out of his church that have now spread out and multiplied. I, I think about the fishbacks going to uh, going and, and planting and establishing churches uh, in foreign countries in Colombia and in Mexico and then the, the various churches that have been established in Mexico and then the ministries and ministers that have come out of those churches that have multiplied again. So the effect of this church, what I'm trying to get across to us this morning is to understand that the effect of the ministry of this church is so much larger than what we see right here this morning. Literally thousands, without a hint of guessing that I would be exaggerating to say that literally thousands of people as a product of this church and its ministry over 50 years that have been affected and souls saved as a product of this ministry. And so next week as we celebrate, I want you to get this in your spirit because as we celebrate, we are celebrating 50 years of history, but also 50 years of the effect that God has had through this church in truly reaching the world. And then not only just reaching the world outside, but the impact and the effect that has been made right here locally in our community. So we, we celebrate and then we celebrate the future. And we all understand. I Somebody said to me the other day uh, as I walked up, they said, well, you only have one son that is not taller than you are. True. Captain Obvious. I went up to Bourbon, Indiana on Friday night, heard Gentry preach. He preached a youth rally there in Section 2, and he did a great job, and I was proud. Sister Cottrell, the pastor's wife there, came up to me, and she said, I'll get a needle and thread so you can sew the buttons back on your jacket. She said, for you must be, your chest must be swelling with pride, and I said, of course, and and." Somebody else came along and I said to them, I, I know that I couldn't preach that well when I was 20 years old. I know that I didn't have the eloquence and speak with the, the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And, and I, I'm very proud of my children as you are and should be your children. And my point is, is that the future will always be greater than the past. What God has in store for the next 50 
is greater than what he's done in the last 50. And although we may not all be here 50 years from now, we have faith to know that if God tarries, what this church is going to become and the thousands of souls that have been touched in the first 50 years will be multiplied into the 10,000s. I feel the Holy Ghost. Will be multiplied into the tens of thousands that will be touched in the next 50 years. We have to understand what God is doing and that it does not end here, but it is a continuation of Pentecost. There's something that we must consider about Pentecost as we read about the Feast of Pentecost. Because up to this point, the Feast of Pentecost lacked any eternal significance. It was still called the Feast of Pentecost. But it was a time of celebration. It was a time to rejoice about what God had done in times past. Of what God had done and how God had delivered them and had brought them over and had saved them. But this feast had become a mere ritual in Israel. It was just something that they did every year. They celebrated because that time and that day was dedicated and designed for celebration. But they left the celebration of Pentecost and they went back to their same old homes, their same old problems, their same old life, their same old situation. But today, as I read my text to you about an event that happened on the day of Pentecost, that particular year, as they gathered for their feast, the mood was different in the city of Jerusalem. It was different than it had been before. Maybe it was just because only a few weeks earlier that Jesus had been crucified. And claims were being made that this man called Jesus had resurrected from the grave. And that he had been seen walking in the streets. They were claiming that he ascended into heaven. And to top all of this off, there was a talk about some promise coming down to those who would believe. Now on that day, in the book of Acts, there was a brand new meeting going on in town. While they were all there for the feast with family and friends, 120 of them gathered in an upper room. And they gathered there in this small upstairs apartment building, if you please, in the middle of Jerusalem, and they had a prayer meeting going on. It was the talk of town. The Bible used this phrase about that prayer meeting, and it was noised abroad. <laughs> I love it when prayer meeting gets noised abroad. It was noised abroad, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ had changed 
the conversation of Pentecost. Because before they talked about what had happened when he brought them out of bondage in Egypt. But now this Pentecost, they are no longer even talking about how God brought them out of bondage in Egypt, but now they're talking about this man, Jesus, who was accused, crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended. And on the final day of this feast, something happened that had never happened before. Pentecost was about to become more than just a feast day. Pentecost was about to become a powerful day of experience. For many, Pentecost was about to become a day that was going to change their life and their future. Because Pentecost was not going to stop on the day of Pentecost. But they were going to go back to their homes and their family and their homeland with an experience that they had never experienced before. And that experience was going to give them power to live above sin and was going to give them power and authority to be able to witness and to be able to reach their community, their friends, and their family. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon some of them. It sat upon each of them. And the Bible said that a few of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) It said all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Up to this point, Pentecost had just been a celebration, a feast time, a gathering time to get together to dress nice, to talk to family, and to see friends with no eternal significance. But now Pentecost had ushered in the power to change a life and to affect a family. Lives were literally being transformed by this new experience that was happening on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said that people began to question and ask, what must I do? The apostle Peter stands up and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 14 that Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and he said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunk as ye suppose. Seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is that. That the prophet Joel spoke about. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord. I will pour out my spirit upon upon some, upon those in that generation, 
upon all flesh. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the Acts 2 experience was just for those on the day of Pentecost because my Bible said that that promise is to you and your children and all that are afar off. Thank God that experience is for me, my children, my family and Pentecost is still changing lives, still calling people out of the bondage of sin, still bringing people out of adultery, still bringing people out of alcoholism, still bringing people out of drug addiction, still bringing people out of depression. It's still delivering. It's still setting free. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, hallelujah. What a great week. We had last week able to travel and to visit Azusa Street. When I told my wife that I was taking her to Los Angeles, I said, is there any place you want to go? Anything you want to see? I knew that probably meant she was going to get online and find some shopping places. And she did. And it was grand. But actually, the first thing she said was, yes, I want to go see Azusa Street. Absolutely. The birthplace of the modern-day Pentecostal movement. But we were very, very disappointed when we got there. We had heard from others that there was not much there. They said there's not really anything there. But surely, surely somebody had preserved something we knew. Surely somebody would have some things there for us to be able to see, something to do, something to commemorate that location on Azusa Street where the early day Pentecostal movement was started. And so we drove there and we got a parking space just, just to 150 feet or so from the intersection of Azusa Street where the Azusa Street mission was formed. And we walked out the vehicle and down the street in a very unsafe environment and we started looking and there was a street sign and all that was left, the building's gone, pavement's gone, the elevations are gone, there's nothing there. The only thing, and it's really nothing more than an alley, they still have the Azusa Street sign with an address. It's a literal address, you can look it up. We walked the entire distance of Azusa Street, which is only just a few hundred feet that is left, that divides two streets in this downtown area, and it's just a brick street. It's an alley, actually, that leads into buildings. And there on the corner where the mission once sat was a sign. And that sign says, this is the location of the birthplace of the modern Pentecostal movement that spread around the world. 
And that's all it said. How disappointing. How sad. There was not much more to it. We had heard about a tree that had been planted in the front of the old church that had been transplanted. We were able to go by and see an orange tree, not even in the same location, supposedly the same tree, who knows. Not much there. Not much said about the Pentecostal movement, about the experience, about what happened. There's no placards in the city. There's nothing that tells the history or tells the story or refers people to anything. As a matter of fact, there's a building there and the building was for lease. And you know what happened to my wife. She says, oh, we've got to get this building. It's pretty much all deteriorated and gone downhill. As a matter of fact, that location is only just a few blocks away from Skid Row. Everything that we know about modern day Pentecostalism we find in the scripture and our history goes back to the modern day outpouring on Azusa Street where the great revival broke out. But it's all gone today. All that's left is a sign of what used to be. This must certainly never be said about Christian Life Church. This is not a time for us to step back from this experience. Because Pentecostalism may have had its birthplace according to what they said. And I would agree when they said modern day. But Pentecostalism had its birthplace on the day of Pentecost. And the reason that modern day Pentecostals have never really taken a lot of interest in trying to do anything about Azusa Street is because it was a modern day revival and where it broke out and a lot of fame and maybe they should have preserved something there. But our history goes back beyond the early 1900s. It goes all the way back to the scripture that I read to you this morning on the day of Pentecost in an upper room with about 120 gathered there. And they all received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 was added to the church. I heard a staggering statistic a few weeks ago that said that today, yes, it is true that in the last days there's going to be a great revival. And if you wonder about that scripture, that in the United Pentecostal Church alone, that we have a Pentecostal experience duplicated, a day of Pentecost experience duplicated over and over that the book of Acts is duplicated in every five days now in this modern day. Meaning that more than 5,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost on an average of every five days that is recorded. We are living in the last days, but I come to tell you that we have come a long way from 120 on the day of Pentecost or a modern day revival on Azusa Street because we truly are being heard around the world this is not a time for us to step back we can't be ashamed of what we have if somebody says are you one of them you better believe I'm one of them I am Jesus name head to toe blood 
bought, born again, tongue talking, Jesus believing, Holy Ghost worship. I came today to preach to somebody and tell you I'm not ashamed to be Jesus' name, apostolic, Pentecostal. I still believe in speaking with other tongues, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and worshiping the one true living God. It's time that Pentecostal fire burns in our church like never before. I'm not wanting another dead, dry, boring church service. Give us a Jesus on fire apostolic church service. We need the fire burning in our lives. Oh, I got to tell you i got to hurry, but i got to tell you some things today. you got to understand what is going on in today's world. I read an article this week. Some of you may have, and I certainly am not throwing off on any denomination. But many denominations have withstood strongly for many years against the Pentecostal experience. They speak out against it. They preach against it. They talk against it. And one of those organizations that has done so this past week, yes, it thrilled me when I read about it. The Southern Baptist Convention gathered and voted and passed who has withstood speaking with other tongues as an accepted practice in their churches. While churches are accepting homosexual marriages in their churches, they are withstanding. I'm not speaking of the Southern Baptists now, by the way. They have other churches that have are accepting alternative lifestyles and performing marriages even in their churches yet withstand against the Pentecostal experience. But I was thrilled this week to see what God's doing in the world because the Southern Baptist Convention met and voted. and They let a press release out this past week that now they have accepted speaking with other tongues as acceptable in their churches. Come on, Pentecostals. If these hold their peace, I will cause the very rocks to cry out. I come today to tell you that there's not another denomination that is going to out-worship me, out-praise me, out-magnify the Lord than me. I'm all about them receiving the Holy Ghost. Bring it on. I hope they all start speaking with other tongues. I hope they all get a revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. But that doesn't give me a right to sit down and say I'm not going to be a worshiper. I'm not going to be a praiser. I'm not going to be evangelistic in my nature. But I want to do more than I've ever done. Pentecost has got to continue. It's got to live on in these last days. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
I got to wrap this up. Stand with me. I want you to know today, it doesn't matter what you've been living in, what you've been going through. There is one answer to the things that you face in life. And that is you need a refreshing, a Pentecost in your life. If you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today is a good day to experience. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. This is a good day to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to know that if you've been cold, if, you're, if, if it's just been a while, today would be a good day to say, Lord, set me on fire again. I need a refreshing again. I need a renewal again in my spirit. A lot of our problems in life would subside with just one more trip to the altar. Yes, the old timers probably really did have it right when they said, I don't want to counsel. I just want to see you in the altar and I want to pray with you in the altar because I believe that a lot of our problems in life would go away if we would get down and get refreshed all over again. I call on this church as we enter into this 50th year, as we enter into the celebration next weekend. I want us to walk in prepared. I want you to be ready to launch forward by faith with what God is going to do in the next 50 years of this church. I want you to be charged. I want you to understand the significance because I don't believe it's by accident, but I believe God designed it, brought it all together right here at this day and this time that we're going to celebrate 50 years of history and we're going to look forward to 50 years of what God is going to do in our future and we're going to believe that if he tarries the church is going to do more than it's ever done but today we've got to focus on me I've got to be refreshed I've got to be on fire I've got to be pray- prayed up I've got to be ready for God to do a work in my life raise your hands around the room with me today if you need a refreshing if you need a renewal If you need baptized with a fresh fire of the Holy Ghost in your life, today is the day. Why don't you just talk to the Lord about it right now? Why don't you just call on the Lord right now? God's got refreshing. He's got renewal. He's got restoration for you today. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. I was seven years of age when I made my way to an altar of repentance. I stood right about here on this side of the altar in a little church in southeast Texas and I gave my heart to the Lord. He filled me with a baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with other tongues. I went down in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. My sins were washed away. Beautiful story, Pastor. You were seven years old. It was a few years ago, maybe four, five years ago. I'm unclear this morning. When a sweet little lady came walking in the doors of this building, she had an oxygen mask on. She pulled her tank with her. And she came down here to the front of this room. We laid hands on her and began to pray for her. God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She began to speak with other tongues. 81 years old, the oldest person I'd ever baptized. We laid her down in water baptism in the name of Jesus. He's taken her on to glory. 
But I want you to know whether it's seven years old or whether it's Sister Pat at 81 years of age, it doesn't matter. He's no respecter of person. It doesn't matter what your background is, where you came from, what you've done, what you've been involved in. It's for you today. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I open these altars for you first. If you're here today and you're cold and indifferent, I open these altars for you today. Altar workers are going to meet us down here in the front this morning, and we're going to pray a refreshing over every person in this room today. The altars are open right now. If you need renewal, you need refreshing. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost the first time, you need to step out from where you are. Whatever you need today, God's got it. It's for you today. Come on, church. Let's respond to what God's wanting to do. Be the first to step out today and say, I need refreshed. I want renewed. The next 50 years is going to be greater than the last. I want to be part of what God's doing in the church. standing next to you. Grab them by the hand. Lay a hand on their shoulder. Let's pray one for another. We're going to strengthen one another in prayer this morning. Let there be refreshing flow in the house today. Let there be renewal flow in the house today.